Have you ever wondered about the tens or hundreds of thousands of people in the United States that can't afford care, that prioritize their treatments and medications over putting groceries and food on their table or paying their rent? Unfortunately, it happens much too much. Today, I am actually talking to the CEO of the WIT Group, who has developed a platform that allows crowdfunding for patients that have needs in a way that is verified so you know that your support and your funds are going to good use. Join us today to learn exactly how this works. Hello from sunny Austin, Texas, and welcome to the Healthcare Soothsayer podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bonnie Clipper, and yes, I am a nurse. I have worked for more than 30 years as a nurse, chief nurse executive, innovation strategist, and speaker. I am grateful for the opportunities to have created nationally recognized programs and for building the framework to bring 4 million nurses from across the country into the innovation space. I get to connect regularly with healthcare leaders and frontline professionals to talk about ways to improve patient outcomes, access, cost efficiencies, and clinical workflows. I have taken the message of Nursing Innovation International and look forward to continuing this message to transform healthcare. This podcast will bring you thought leaders and ideas that you may not have heard otherwise. This is their opportunity to share with you what they see in their crystal ball through their unique lens and perspective in healthcare and what we can anticipate as a result. Welcome to Healthcare Soothsayers. Our guest today is Rahul Mathavayan, the CEO of the WIT Group. And WIT stands for We Are All In This Together. Rahul, I'm so excited to be talking with you today. Thanks, Bonnie. Me too. And you've created something incredibly unique that I'm a little bit sad to say that we need. And this has to do with the fact that we in the United States like to think of ourselves as such a high level and well-off country, yet we know there is so much inequity around health. And particularly, so many of us that are underserved and, and in our communities can't afford health care or prevention, or if they do, sometimes they can't afford the basic needs such as housing and food to support their wellness. Can you tell us a little bit about your story and about what WIT does? Sure. Um, so I, just a little background. I, I've been in healthcare for about 25 years, uh, both on the vendor side and the provider side. And um, I was diagnosed with stage three prostate cancer last year, 2021, and went through my own personal journey. And one of the things I noticed as I went through my journey is um, despite all the great technologies out there and all the advancements in healthcare and uh you know, medical devices and so on and so forth, all those technologies only work if the patient can get on the couch to be treated. Um, and I met so many patients who were struggling with what I would call non-clinical um, activities of daily living challenges that prevented them from even getting to the couch to be treated, right? And, and I struggled with the fact that why do patients have to choose between uh, health and home uh, to, to get treated? And so decided to start WIT to really focus on helping patients address this non-clinical needs they, they, they deal with as they go through treatment. And you know what's crazy about that is it, 
it does sort of make me sad that we have to think about how in this amazing country we have to help support people. So tell us a little bit about how WIT works. How do I find WIT if I'm a patient or a provider? The platform we've built is really focused around the patient. And uh, the easiest way for a patient to find it is go to our website, uh, www.witforever, uh, W-I-T-T-F-O-R-E-V-E-R.com, and either sign up as a patient or sign up as somebody who wants to help a patient. Um, if you if you think about the high level, you know, the, 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 the fundamental struggle that patients have is asking for help, right? We all need help, but we are all... Uh, concerned about being a burden or being an imposition to people that are willing to help us. And so there's this constant struggle for patients between needing help, um, but not feeling comfortable asking specific people to help them. And so what WIT does is basically take the, uh, the concept of help and flip it on its head by saying, instead of you as a patient asking a specific person to do something for you, wouldn't it be great if you could just make all the needs that you have, whether they're financial or non-financial, visible to people that want to help you and allow them to decide how much they want to help you, right? So you, so instead of making help something that is a burden for you to ask others, make it an opportunity for others to help you. I think that's great because what you're making me think of is that sometimes we can write in an email or a text some things that are difficult for us to express face-to-face or even, you know, over the phone. And while that shouldn't be the case, sometimes it is the case, putting things in writing. You've sort of used that same philosophy in that I might have a hard time asking you face-to-face. However, if I can use a platform that helps me ask the question in a more pointed way, then I don't have to grapple with you saying, oh, call me if there's anything I can do, right? That that makes me call you and it makes me ask you and try to be really specific. And while not everyone has an issue with that, this is a way to tear down any of those barriers or, or judgments or preconceived notions by just doing it electronically. Exactly. And, and if you think about the apps out there that that or the platforms out there that make it easy to ask. You know, you think about a wedding registry, you think about a birth registry, you think about all these registries that are out there that people go in and ask for for things they would like and open up those asks to people that want to give it to them. Uh, it's the same concept, but targeted towards patients, right? So instead of instead of uh, so what we've coined is the term the support registry, which is the ability for a patient to say, "Here's all the things I need help with, whether it's financial help or non-financial help." And, you know, think about creating post-it notes on a, on a virtual whiteboard that patients can then go and tell everybody who wants to support them what their needs are and allow those people who want to help them visibility into what they need help with, right? So you really kind of destigmatize this asking for help problem by, by really giving patients an avenue that is um, not uh, challenging for them or doesn't feel like a burden for them but at the same time allows them to, to, to freely ask for what they need uh, so that the people that do want to help them have visibility in, into what they need help with. You know, it's a really interesting concept from a social impact perspective, and, and I love the work that this is doing. How do we know that if someone is entered on the platform, how are we sure it's a patient or someone that genuinely need, has a need? 
That's a great question, Bonnie. Um, you know, one of the things I've struggled with is similar platforms out there where you don't really know whether the person you're giving to is somebody in need, right? Or somebody who's a patient. And so what we've done is we've taken the approach um, two ways. We recognize that everybody needs help, right? And so we've allowed anybody to sign up and create their own support registry and invite their friends and family to support them. Um, in, in, in that case, because it's your friends and family supporting you, um, you know, we're, we're not um, putting any restrictions on who can sign up. When the, when the person does want people they don't know to support them, so think about making your private registry public, if you will, and getting support from people you don't know, um, then we want patients, then we're asking patients to verify that they're really a patient under care of a physician before the registry becomes public. So anybody giving money to a patient that is that they see on the system that they don't know has, has been verified by us and their physician as a real patient in need uh, before their registry becomes public. Yeah, and it's I think that that's a really important way for people that want to be generous and make donations to feel good about how those donations are going to be used. Exactly. So that was really smart. All right, so here's a question. You guys launched not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Are you seeing an increase in patients that are actually creating um, registries and participating in the platform? Yeah, so we launched uh, end of April of this year, um, and we've in, in, in initially partnered with one nonprofit uh, in Boston um, to to get their patients uh, on the platform for two reasons. One is we we knew that everybody on the platform would would be a real patient in uh, under treatment, and two, uh, a lot of the patients they were dealing with were underserved, uh, low middle income patients that really needed help. Um, in the last 14 weeks since we've launched, we've helped about 160 patients um, and generated about close to $70,000 in support for them. Uh, everything from help with rent to help with medication to gas, transportation. Uh, you know, Some of them have asked for money for their kids' summer camps because they've used all their money that they had for their own treatment uh, and so on and so forth. So we've, 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 uh, we've seen a growth, steady growth. Um, Again, a very targeted approach that we that we took, and in the last week, uh, we have actually uh, opened opened up the platform to any any cancer patient in the U.S. Um, uh, and and we're waiting to see the growth from that over the next few weeks. That's incredible. Now, for for someone that may be interested in participating in the registry as a donor to help fund um, the care or needs of someone, what does that process look like? So, similar for to a patient, um, you know, our our website, you know, www.withforever.com uh, has a donate button on it. Um, when somebody clicks on that button, they can uh, they'll get a list of all the people on the platform that are. Um, verified patients. Um, they can click on any one of those patients' registries uh, and see what a, a patient's asking for. Um, when a donor clicks on the on on the on the donate button, they'll either they'll they'll see a list of patients that are most in need, and we've got an algorithm that kind of uh, sorts the patients that have the most need, if you will. Um, or they can search by a certain disease type. They can search by a zip code. They can search by a gender, and decide you know how they want to give, but they can be comfortable knowing that every patient they see is someone who's a real patient who has been verified by us and who actually needs help as they go through treatment. 
Okay, so I actually donated on this and I loved um, how it felt to me. It was super gratifying being able to help someone that had some needs and they identified some real specifics about what they needed help with. I love how that felt to me as the person that was be- that was privileged enough to, to be able to support someone. What's What's fascinating to me is learning about that person's journey. Is there a way to to get updates or, or learn how that person is doing? Since I, f- I feel now somewhat connected and that was just a really cool experience. How do I know how they're doing? Yeah, that's something that we're, we're, we're looking at adding. I mean, one of the things when we designed the platform that we were sensitive to is you know, I, I had a lot of patients. So I, I, I interviewed about 250 patients before we launched the platform. And, and one of the feedback I got from patients was, the you know, if if you allow us to share too much information, then people tend to gravitate towards the stories that are the most depressing or, or the most um, compelling to them without... So, so making giving a very subjective versus a very objective uh, method. And, and so, you know, I've, I've had patients who've said to me, we, we put... Uh, you know, requests on other platforms. And we only received, you know, one one hundredth of what we asked for because our story wasn't sad enough or our, our, our image or, our, you know, or our pictures wasn't cute enough, if you will. And so we tried to take the subjectivity out of it. We are, we are in conversations with some of the patients to figure out the most effective way to provide updates um, to people. Um, we also want to be sensitive to the fact that since this platform was designed for patients, Patients usually don't have a lot of ability to process a lot of information as they go through treatment. I know when I went through treatment, my my mental capacity dropped dramatically because I was so focused on my medical care that I didn't have time to read or or blog or journal. Um, and so we're trying to walk that fine line between how much is enough to provide information to people, whereas at the same time respecting the patient's situation where they're not going to be in a situation where they want to write or 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 blog a lot about how they're doing through their journey. I think that makes sense. It's it's like I'm I'm kind of cheering this person on from the mm-hmm. sidelines. So I understand the difficulty in in sort of straddling um, that balance. So when you get feedback now from patients that are using the platform, what is their sense? What would they do if it wasn't for wit? Um, you know, I get emails every day from patients just thanking me for, for, for creating this. And, and honestly, you know, as you said in the opening, you know, but for the grace of God, a lot of us have what we have, uh, but there's so many people who don't. And the, I really struggled personally with the fact that it wasn't, it, you know, uh, but for where I was born and how I, you know, unfolded in my life, I am where I am. And so, you know, this just gives people who don't have a voice, who don't have anywhere else to go, an opportunity to get the support they need as they go through probably one of the most challenging times, either for themselves or their children. Um, and so, you know, to me, it's a way of, it's a way of building a platform that allows us to give back, uh, you know, in a very meaningful and uh, tactical way um, that, that, you know, will move the needle for a lot of these people who are just struggling with, you know, um, the choice between health and home. Wow, and what a terrible choice to have to make. So I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of pivot here a little bit and and just kind of 
dig into, um, are there partnerships, are there association partners, diabetes association, cancer society, groups like that, that you are working with or sort of seeing a uh, relationship potential to help amplify the outreach and the impact to patients? Uh, absolutely. We're, we're, we're talking to, you know, there's a, there's a large number of uh, hospital systems we're talking to that have, that have looked at our platform and have said, you know, we have nurse navigators and um, care members who pick up the phone, call patients, try to understand what their needs are, and then we figure out how to help them. And this platform will give us all that information uh, at our fingertips so that we, it, it'll allow us to touch more patients in a much more effective way than we're doing today. So we're, we're talking to a fair amount of uh, hospital systems. We've also talked to a, a fair amount of nonprofits uh, like ACS and, and others that feel they can use the platform to identify what the needs are of patients so they can provide more, more targeted services to those patients in certain areas. And then we're, we're, we're talking to companies that offer clinical trials to uh, make clinical trials more available to patients who, who may not think they're either eligible for or may not even know that they exist, right? And so we're trying to, we're trying to make sure that people who are, you know, in the underserved, low-middle-income communities um, have as much uh, opportunity not just for support from the non-clinical side of care, but also get visibility into um, you know clinical treatments that mm-hmm. they may not have either been told about or be aware of. Yeah, I I think that's in- incredible, and I love the play to involve hospitals and health systems. Now, in the business model, is there a cost to hospitals and health systems, or is this really around patient acquisition to help get them funding to assist them with the treatments that are so necessary? Um, so there's no cost to hospitals. I mean, we have been approached by hospitals who have asked us if they can license the platform for uh, their own organizations, and so in 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 that case. You know, the, the reason we built a platform versus an app is, you know, we, we do see the opportunity to white label this uh, th- this platform to a health system or to a to a hospital so that they can they can target their own patients, if you will. Um, but from a, from a business model perspective, we're not selling to hospitals. Uh, I think the real focus is to give patients access uh, and then and then use the platform that we're that we're developing to make their needs visible to not just their friends and family who want to support them, but um, others who may want to give. Yeah, I love that. Now, I got to ask, you have, I think you said 160 patients. So you must be in the process of acquiring some pretty powerful social determinant of health type data. What's the opportunity around that? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the, 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 the beauty of what we're doing is uh, being, you know, as patients use the platform, you know, we're, we're, we're being made aware of what their non-clinical needs are. And, and, you know, when I talk to patients about why we're collecting what we're collecting, um, the, the real reason is we want to pay it forward, right? And, and my vision is, you know, uh, for those of us who've been diagnosed with cancer, one of the things we struggled with is we don't know what we don't know about what we will need help with as we go through our treatment. Right. And one of the things we're trying to do is to say, wouldn't it be great if, you know, someone who was diagnosed um, six months from now, 53 year old male with stage three prostate cancer, um, if we can tell them, hey, over the next six months, here are the kinds of things that you're going to need help with both financially and non-financially. 
not based on what we think, but 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 based on what others who have gone through the journey that you're going through have experienced as they, as they went through it, right? And so really using the the pay it forward concept for patients to help other patients that may be coming down the pipe in the future. That's just so powerful because there's so much opportunity for us in this very strange and sometimes messed up healthcare ecosystem that we have. There's so much opportunity for us to help each other and particularly those that, as we've said over and over, Rahul, they just don't have the things that some of us have. So a little bit goes a very long way in impacting those lives for the better. Yeah. And Bonnie, you know, when you think about financial toxicity or the problem for patients, I mean, you know, 72% 72% of patients end up in some form of financial hardship after they finish treatment of, of, you know, of cancer, right? And and a lot of that is not because uh, of the medical costs, it's of the non-medical costs of care. And, and you know, either losing your job or, you, or, or trying to figure out how you're going to pay rent and, and so on and so forth. So if we can use the experiences of patients to help um, shine the light on what future patients may, may be dealing with, um, you know, the hope is that we can we can kind of reduce the financial toxicity burden for patients as they go forward uh, by just providing them more insight into what to expect as they as they go through their treatment plans. Wow, that that really makes quite an impact, Rahul. I'm I'm you know I'm sorry that you had to go through this personal experience in your life and this journey. Um, however, what's come of this is something that's absolutely incredible for hundreds of thousands of millions of, of other people. So thank you for coming up with the idea. I mean, you know, I, I keep, I, I tell people if me having to go through cancer has resulted in us being able to help um, thousands of patients avoid what I went through and what others are going through, then I do it every day of the week. Right. I think, I think this is, this is the first time we've done so I've done something in my life where I feel like I'm actually giving back and, and actually making a difference. And the whole idea behind, you know, we're in this together is recognizing that, you know, it, it does take a village. And if we can just help people recognize they can get the help they need as they go through treatment, um, hopefully we can help a whole bunch of people um, have better outcomes as a result because they're not worried about the non-clinical cost of care. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. So Rahul, if we had an ask for our listeners, what's your ask? Um, please go to our website again, www.witforever.com. Um, if you have the means click on the donate button and find a patient and, and support a patient, every one of there can use your help. Uh, if you're a patient who, who needs help, um, register, uh, invite people to support you. You'd be surprised how many people want to help, uh, and just don't know what you need. Um, and so the, the ask is just, just go to our website and, and, you know, help us make a difference. Yeah, that is just so great. And thank you, Rule, for taking the time to be with us today on Healthcare Soothsayers podcast. I'm so grateful for spending some time with you. Thanks, Bonnie. I, I, I appreciate it. And, and, you know, thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about WIT. Absolutely. And be sure to check out the show notes for this show to find Rahul's contact information and to learn more about his work. Thanks so much for listening to Healthcare Soothsayers. I really do appreciate it. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and share it with your network. That is how we grow and learn. If you have ideas for show topics or guests, please reach out to me directly at ThoughtLeaderRN on Twitter. 
For information about this show or any of the others in the Touchpoint Media Network, please check them out at touchpoint.health.